Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Greetings from Philadelphia. It's a joy to be with you today, even though I'm missing a snow day. I taught high school for many years before going to the seminary and teaching, as with being a student, you longed for snow days when school was canceled. Believe it or not, my congregation back near Philadelphia has an inch of ice and everything is shut down. (laughs) So I'm missing out on a snow day to be with you and it couldn't make me any happier. It's cool. It's, it's, it's a lot uh, warmer here in, in uh, Milwaukee than in Philadelphia. So um, this is a wonderful opportunity uh, to be with you, to, to visit with you, um, and to bring um, God's word today in scripture, <clears throat> his scripture in service. Um, your pastor, Pastor Engler, is a really good friend of mine, um, more importantly, a mentor of mine. Uh, When a young man goes to the seminary, there's only so much they can teach a man uh, within the confines of the classroom, Uh, but um, following seminary, I had the privilege to be able to serve uh, with Pastor Engler and and to learn um, an incredible amount from him, and uh, it's just a real joy uh, to be able to um, bring you greetings uh, from Philadelphia and to, to speak with you today. Um, since his departure from Philadelphia, I, I took over his responsibilities as executive director. I also s- serve a small congregation, St. John Lutheran, uh, that's actually um, one of the oldest congregations uh, in, in the Synod and is also uh, part of the English district. But most importantly, I need to tell you that Philadelphia is, is actually uh, our country's fifth largest city with um, 1.5 million people and it is the most underserved city in the entire synod. It's a tremendous mission field, and Philadelphia Lutheran Ministries exists to plant churches, preach and teach the gospel, that Christ's kingdom might expand in a very needy part of our country. For the entire city, we have one full-time pastor, Reverend Adam DeGroat, uh, and he is fully supported um, by our work. The gospel reading today is the foundation for our work, the confession of St. Peter. Dear friends, the gates of hell will not prevail. Christ is at work. Take heart. It may feel like the gates of hell are advancing. Of course, you know what I'm talking about when I refer to the gates, the city gates, the walls around ancient cities, There were only a few places where you could enter and exit a city, and that was through the gates. The gates were a place when a city was under siege that the the armies trying to take a city would focus on those gates. The gates become known as kind of the essence then of that city and what it is for. The gates of hell seem like they are advancing in the news We hear of radical Islam on the advance, adherents committing unspeakable atrocities against Christians and against the Church of Christ throughout the world. In the city of Philadelphia, we recently learned uh, from a Christian immigrant from Pakistan that Muslim leaders are paying women to wear the full uh, burqa, the black headdress um, outfit, uh, so that the city might become more accustomed to seeing it 
And as they advance in making converts, it won't be as startling for people to see. There is a store on the main road going into Philadelphia from the west that rolls out an entire cart hanging of these burkas right on the sidewalk uh, that are for sale each day. Equally as fierce is the prevailing ideology of secular humanism in our culture. The thinking that demands that the material world is all that there is. Therefore, we should eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we'll die. There's nothing beyond the grave. Science is what we all follow. And this leads to a mindset that is hostile to the Christian faith and its values. It seeks to change society under the banner of progress and liberty. Nowhere do you see this more pronounced than in our country's cities, and especially Philadelphia. The city is home to folks that drink deeply from this thinking, from this false teaching, that live deceived under incredible burden and incredible captivity. There are whole sections of our city dedicated um, to deviant lifestyles. Folks have congregated and colonized in, in the city. If we truly care about the direction of our society and our country, we have to be present in the city, being a voice, being light for God's truth. This is the case here in Milwaukee, certainly, and also in Philadelphia. And in addition to all of this, it seems as though the gates of hell are advancing even within the walls of our own churches. There are so many Christian traditions that have lost a conviction that the scriptures are the authoritative truth of God. Consequently, they have remade Christianity in their own image and likeness according to popular opinion. They have stripped the Christian faith of its power. In all, the notion of personal sin and rebellion to God is lost. Therefore, there is no need for a Christ child, for the one who takes on our flesh and blood to suffer, die, and restore all creation. Christ is simply put aside and ignored for other agendas. Again, nowhere is this more pronounced than in our cities, especially Philadelphia. You need to believe me when I tell you there is a famine of the gospel in this great city of Philadelphia, and it is a travesty. Your prayers and support are desperately needed. Truth is, the power of unbelief is incredibly strong. It is a fierce foe. We cannot underestimate it. We see it in the scriptures right after Peter makes his great confession Jesus tells them to tell no one and then goes on to explain that he must suffer and die. And Peter opposes him to his face. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. The reality is, in our own Christian lives, we live in this conflicting faith and unbelief, always going back and forth. Even within our own Christian experience, we face those who oppose us, who question what we believe. And so often we fail to make a good confession of the Son of God, to stand up for what is true in love, that people who are deceived might come to the truth, be forgiven their sins, and restored in what Christ has for them. 
We are no different than the the Apostle Peter. The other disciples fell away when our Lord was crucified. They ultimately all led uh, to martyrdom, uh, except for John. And we see that there is purpose in suffering. There is purpose in being opposed. And even in the appearance that things are getting worse and that the gates of hell are expanding, we take confidence in the conviction that even in the midst of what we see, Christ is about his work, building his church. Nowhere was this more profound than when he suffered and died on the cross. Everybody thought all was lost. And yet we know that the very opposite was actually being accomplished. The salvation of all mankind. Christ suffering on the cross for the sins of humanity. So you see, the kingdom of heaven does not rest upon you. It rests upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. The church cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped even by opposing and destroying its leaders. Christ builds his church through simple means, through preaching, through holy baptism, through the Lord's Supper. We need to remain ever convinced that this is the case. And this is how Christ has chosen to build his church. It's everything. And it's simple. The forgiveness of sins is how Christ accomplishes his purpose. And yet it is in the face of the gates of hell. The power of unbelief. It is incredible. Many would say we need to embrace new measures. New methods to spread the gospel. If we only did X, Y, or Z, then the gospel would go forth rapidly. But when we really take account and especially see the fruit of that thinking over time, we realize that all of the efforts to grow Christ's church apart from what he has given us amounts to trying to combat a SWAT team with spitballs. The power of unbelief is incredible. It's only the Father working through the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth about Christ. And this happens through preaching, teaching, the baptism, and the Lord's Supper. Only the Father, through the Spirit, can convince you that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is both God and man. That Jesus was born of a virgin for you. That Jesus lived the perfect life according to the law in your place. That Jesus was baptized for you. That Jesus willingly handed himself over to be betrayed, tortured, and crucified for you. Only the Heavenly Father can convince you, give you faith that Jesus, from the cross, prayed for those who were crucifying him, Father, forgive them. That Jesus rested on the Sabbath in the tomb for you. That Jesus burst the gates of hell in the resurrection for you. That Jesus brought you from the kingdom of darkness, from the kingdom of the devil, to his glorious light, through the magnificent waters of holy baptism according to his word. Only the Father can convince you that Jesus continues to remember you, knows all of your struggles, your failings, and continues to be patient with you, forgive you, 
and give you his very body and blood in holy communion to strengthen your faith. You taste and see that the Lord is good by means of his body given for you and his blood shed for you. Jesus is true God and true man, come not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for your sin. This is the essence of the church. You who were dead in your trespasses and your sins are made alive in Christ. It is Christ who accomplishes this. There is nothing the devil, his demons, or the world can do against Christ and his kingdom, the church. The devil thought he had won at the cross. Yet the king of the kingdom was there on his throne. How do we know this? Look at the sign above his head. Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. What does Jesus wear on his head but a crown of thorns? It is there that Christ is in his kingdom. It is there that Christ is accomplishing his purposes. You will not know the love of God any better in heaven than you know it in Christ suffering on the cross for your sin. There, the justice of God and the mercy of God spring up in a glorious fountain of your salvation. It is there at the cross that forgiveness is accomplished. And thus, you can forgive because you have been forgiven. You know where forgiveness is found in the cross. Every sin has already been paid for. Thus, Christ's church should eat, sleep, and breathe this truth and the forgiveness of sins that Christ offers. So you see, fear not. Your sins will not condemn you. You belong to Christ. The devil and the gates of hell are defeated. They are sad, powerless foes, for you are in Christ. And treasure in your hearts the words of the Apostles Paul, that Christ loved his church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Dear friends, the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.